Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, the official sports bar of the Warriors Huddle. The weather's getting warm, and I cannot think of a better way to spend an afternoon or evening than sitting outside with some homies, drinking a beer, and watching a game. Luckily, the Athletic Club Oakland has me covered. They shut down the entire street next to their normal space and created an enormous outdoor section called the Town Gardens. It's got TVs everywhere comfortable seating, and their full food and bar service. In short, it's the perfect place to watch the game with friends while enjoying this beautiful summer in the Bay. It's now our go-to spot, and hopefully we'll see you there. In fact, Bram, Marcus, and I are there all the time. So if you show up and we see you in huddle gear, you've got a beer on us. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. What is up, you guys? This is Bram for the Future, and I wanted to give you a sense of this episode before we even started it. So quick admission, Marcus, Maxime, and I did not record an episode this week. It's for good reason. We have a pretty major announcement coming, hopefully. And we had to spend the week dealing with the background and the logistics for that announcement. So what's coming up here next is an episode of Locked on Warriors that I recorded with Wes, and I'm passing it along for a couple of reasons. One, it was a lot of fun and an episode I am positive you'll enjoy. But two, we talked about a topic that is just near and dear to all of our hearts. That topic is warrior fans. And we got really passionate about it. By we, I mean, I got really passionate about it. But that is what it is. So enjoy, go warriors, and hopefully we'll see you next week. And I'm here with Bram Hillsman, the host of the popular Warriors podcast, Warriors Huddle, uh, to talk about Warriors fandom in general. And and Bram, I thought I would take the approach, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And since you're my guest um, on the show, we don't have to go in that order if you don't want to. Maybe, Maybe we start on a high note, end on a high note. I don't know where you want to take this, but... When you hear the good and the bad and the ugly of Warriors fandom, where does your mind go first uh, among those three categories? Here's the first thing that, that pops to mind, and it isn't even one of those categories. It's a, Wes, be careful, right? So I love you, Wes. We are going to miss the hell out of you, and I've come to accept you as a Warrior authority. But you know what you aren't? A Warriors fan. No. So as we're going through this, Wes, be careful, you know what I mean? Like if, if you and I are talking about my wife and I say, man, my wife can frustrate me. And then you suddenly jump in and go, yeah, 
Me too. That's a different conversation. You know what I mean? So as we go through this, as we are either praising or taking shots at the Warriors, whatever order we take it in, I'm down. I will follow. But just know that I'm entering this with a chip on my shoulder and I'm ready to be angry at any moment. I'm excited for this conversation, but I'm a little apprehensive. Right. And we wouldn't go, well, you're frustrated with your wife. Let's do a good and the bad and the ugly about her. Like we wouldn't have... Maybe this is the wrong approach now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I know. I'm excited about it. If nothing else, like I said, it's going to engender emotion, which is what we want for the podcast, man. Right. I'm already like in a healthy sweat and we're not even out of the intro. There would be nothing better for my final episode than for me to crash and burn in front of Warriors fans and just royally piss everybody off uh, without meaning to, as I have several times. I still get told that I said that they should trade Clay Thompson, which I still don't remember saying that. Um I probably shouldn't have brought that up on my own, but no. And if I had an audio clip right now to play, I would, but we both know that I'm not that prepared. So we'll never know. It's one of the great podcast mysteries. It is. You would have to believe that Oakland, Damon Lillard's hometown would be on that list of cities that Damon Lillard would want to play for. Um, And if that's the case, I think that the Warriors would be, if they're on that short list of cities, and the Warriors would have a very enticing trade package uh, of these two first-round picks. James Wiseman. They could throw Andrew Wiggins in there for salary matching purposes. They could put Clay Thompson in there if they wanted to. We still have um, some of the uh, sound, like a. Uh, <laughs> I think. Wait a minute. I think that actually was sound of your Clay take. So that makes perfect sense. That was. That was. That was, that sound. It said sad trombone on my producer board here, but it sounds like a Charlie Brown teacher talking about. <laughs> Geography. All right. And about sad trombones. That's exactly right. Uh, good, bad, and ugly of Warriors fandom. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Let's start with the bad. Let's go in that direction first. Um, because in my intro, Bram, I talk about how the Warriors fans, and one of the things I had discovered about Warriors fans was just how intelligent and engaged they are with all of the nuances of the team, obviously they know Steph, Clay, Jamon, Steve Kerr, all those guys, but they're so, like, I've, ne- I've never met or interacted with a fan base that was so, like, just in tune with, like, the salary cap, and they knew exactly how much the, the arena costs, and they know, like, all the people in the organization and what it is that they do. Um, it is pretty remarkable, and that's not even the thing that's good about the Warriors fans that I'll get to, but I did want to just See what you thought was the bad thing about the Warriors fan base. Well, let me hedge this, all right? Um, and let me use a bad example. Uh, before the world ended and we were still allowed to go to movie theaters here in the Bay, there was one movie theater I always kind of avoided. And I'm not going to throw its name out. There's no need to take shots at the not-so-innocent. But it's because it was always crazy loud anytime I saw the movie there. And Wes, it wasn't like 90% of the audience who was making the noise. We're talking 10%, you mm-hmm. know, every single time I went. But because of that, because of those 10% of moviegoers, I learned to avoid 100% of that theater. So as we're talking, uh, you know, about Warrior fans and taking shots at Warrior fans, who I'm talking about is the 10%, the 5%, maybe even just the 2% of the the vocal assholes, the guys who are annoying me. So this isn't like warrior friends as a giant category. These are the people who have popped up in the last uh, six, seven years. And I'll start it and, and summarize it this way. 
The thing about that group of Voyeur fans that's driving me crazy is they no longer view titles and dynastic teams as something that can happen or you're lucky to have happen or that you should celebrate because it probably won't happen. They view it as a straightforward entitlement. Mm. And the second that the Warriors lose or they have to develop or Wiseman looks like he needs even three minutes of extra time, they freak the fuck out, Wes. And they throw their hands up and they piss and moan and they take shots at Steve Kerr and they don't appreciate anything that has led to this moment. So that's the thing. If I, if I had to pick the, the part that drives me crazy about, you know, my family, Warrior fans, it's that group of them that somewhere along the way feel like they're entitled to championships because that's just bananas, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Of course you're not entitled to that. So the first time I encountered an entitled fan, and you're never going to believe this, but it was Orlando Magic fans when I was at college in UCF. And for some what? reason, they were entitled. Like, they go to the finals one time with Dwight Howard, and they're like, well, this is what we got to just do this every year. And anything less than the finals is a failure. I was like, you're the Orlando Magic. <laughs> like, what kind of – like, those are – I understand goal setting as a good thing. And, hey, man – Chase your dreams. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to win a championship, but like also realistic goal setting is a key principle in goal setting. And that just didn't seem like it was happening in Orlando. And that's why like my least favorite fan base for a very long time was Orlando Magic fans. And I would tell people that and they would be like, what Orlando Magic fans? I'd be like, trust me, there was a few of them around the UCF area. that I just didn't like them. Um, and both yeah. those people are assholes. Very clear. <laughs> um, uh, no longer do I hate Orlando Magic fans because I haven't been in college for a very long time. But um I will agree with you with the Warriors thing. I think that's just a symptom of what happens. I know that this happened with Miami Heat fans too after the Big Three era. It was a, a certain sense of entitlement. That's just what's hap That's what happens. And I don't think it was the fans that were there before. Um, although I could be wrong. I don't mean to paint with a, a too wide of a brush here, but it feels like that's what happens when you have a certain amount of bandwagon fans, and there is still a star present that they haven't followed elsewhere. Right in the case of LeBron James, a lot of times. Um, and cause Steph is still right here in golden state. And they're like, well, there's Steph Clay's on the roster. Draymond Green's right there. I could see Steve Kerr on the side. Like, why aren't we winning championships? Right. Um, I think that's the, the entitled bandwagon fan that just sort of latched on hasn't left because they fell in love with certain characters on this team. Um, but like you said, I do think it is a very vocal minority, but a minority nonetheless, um, that was going to be my ugly. So maybe this, again, this is probably the worst possible construction for me to do this show. Uh, as long as we get to keep taking shots out your outline, I think yes. it's a great outline, so that's fine. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Are you ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off, not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across the Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. 
Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. So don't forget, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. And I'll add another, maybe this one doesn't fit into ugly, but it certainly fits into bad. And it's a larger percentage, all right? This takes it out of the uh, the 10% I was currently talking about. So we go big. This, this probably has more to do with tax bracket than zip code, but mm-hmm. I'll still take a shot at Chase Center. Although we'll see, yeah, right? I think we'll you're going exactly where I was going. Yep. All right. So it used to be, you look back at the We Believe years, even way before that, Warrior fans, when they attended the game, recognized that they were actually a piece of it. They weren't spectators. They were participants. We didn't get the ball. We couldn't score. We couldn't defend. But when the team was playing shitty or they needed a jolt of energy, Warrior fans recognized that not only as an opportunity, Wes, as an obligation. When they were crappy, we stood up. When they needed some kind of a burst, we, we went crazy to give them that burst. Somewhere along the line with the success, we lost that, man. Right. You know, not, not for everybody. Club 200 still brings it, but there's, there's a large portion of the lower bower now, to continue the movie analogy, who watches this thing passively. They view it as something to celebrate. So when the Warriors are playing well, the place goes crazy. That's great. But when they're not playing well, the place sits on their fucking hands, You know, the same way you would during the 10th section of a movie. You're not trying to impact what's happening. You're just accepting what's happening. That's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. We, you know, that that hopefully with the pandemic close to behind us, with Chase Center now opening, I'll be proven wrong, man. You know, like when the when the Warriors are back on the floor, we're gonna see the the kind of support I'm used to. But over the last few years, that has not been true. Well, they've been terrible. And that's probably maybe part of it. But uh, to your point, like it didn't used to affect people when they were terrible. They would still cheer for them. And look, contrary to popular belief or maybe one man's belief, I have covered finals games and playoff games at Oracle. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I remember what it was like. I remember covering regular season games at Oracle. I remember what it was like, you know, and and those were obviously for much more exciting teams. But you couldn't fake that kind of atmosphere. And it's one of the things that Steve Kerr talks about all the time. One of the things that attracted him to the Golden State job was that fan base. He remembers walking in there as a commentator and just being like for TNT and just being blown away by that. Um, And as a player, same thing. And uh, you hear that time and time again when you were at Oracle. You don't hear that anymore at Chase Center. And some of that has to do with the luxury suites and all that kind of stuff. And like you said, the skyrocketed ticket prices and sort of a different clientele. You're just, when you move it from Oakland to San Francisco, you're going to get a different person in the arena. Um, And so I think that's definitely hurt that atmosphere quite a bit. All right. Uh, That's not to say it can't come back. We'll see. Like when they're playing games that, I will say this, at the end of last season, when fans were started, started to be able to come in a little bit more and those games really mattered against Memphis and things like that. Like that crowd was loud, louder than I had ever heard it at Chase Center. And so I still think that there is hope. And I think with all of the theatrics and the things that they could do with the, the Jumbotron and all the technology that Chase Center has that Oracle never did, I think it could still be a very exciting environment, but it'll never replicate what Oracle was. But it could still be very exciting and different in its own way. 
which could be fun and new. And I guess that's the whole point of building a new arena. Um, let's, let's get some positivity in here. Yes. I'm starting to drown in the negativity. And the good, I try, let's get it out right of the way. Right away, I, I dug my own hole and we're digging ourselves out of it together. Uh, let's get to the good of Warriors fans. And I'll go back to what, something I just talked about, Bram. I, I, when I took the Warriors beat job at the San Jose Mercury News and then I adopted this podcast uh, for the Locked On Podcast Network, I, I, obviously I was doing it knowing that, hey, this was going to be uh, uh, a break for me. I'm, I've kind of moved my way up from blogger, freelancer to uh, established beat writer on a high-profile beat, covering a high-profile team with high-profile players. With a I was very check, excited about that. No less. What? With a blue check, no less. Finally got that freaking blue check. Um, and so all, obviously I was focused entirely on those selfish things. What I did not anticipate, and I'm being very honest about this, is uh, the level of engagement that I would get from Warriors fans, not just from my articles, but from this podcast that I wasn't sure anybody listened to. Um, I just, I, how much they keep you accountable. I just think that Warriors fans are among the most knowledgeable. They're the most knowledgeable that I've had any intimate reaction, uh, uh, um, uh, relationship with. And that has been shocking, surprising, and uh, one of the most award rewarding parts of having this job is being able to, um, you know, interact with such knowledgeable fans. Not and, and yeah, sure, I get the dumb question here and there, but for the most part, a really knowledgeable fan base that was really fun to be a part of. I couldn't agree more. So a little backdrop. Yeah, um, I am older than I care to admit. The only parameters of that information I'll give you is I've been a Warrior fan for more than 30 years, man. And three things stick out to me. Um, loyalty, knowledge, and passion. So let's also get another logistical thing set up. Uh, for those who are listening to this, who aren't immediately Warrior fans, and when we use that phrase, start picturing the bandwagon guys who flooded opposing arenas when Steph and the boys were winning championships, that's like 1% of the people we're talking about. This entire area is dotted with Warrior fans who can't necessarily afford to go to home games, let alone away games. So when we use this phrase, Warrior fans, we're not talking about the people you see on TV. We're talking about all the people who are watching that TV alongside you, the people who bleed blue and gold, the people who've been following this fucking team for decades. So let's take them in turn, man. Loyalty. The Warriors were dog shit, Wes, my whole life, dude. Forever. This last like squirt of success is like a fever dream leading up to it. They didn't even sniff the playoffs, but you know what happened? People stuck by them. Nobody went anywhere. When Bobby Sura came in with weirdo hair, when Vontigo Cummings came in with a mask, when Yuri Welsh was shitty, we still cared about these players the same way we cared about Draymond and the Splash Brothers and Wiseman. When they were piling up losses, dude, we were in. You're not going to find a group of fans who are more loyal than this team. Knowledge. You already nailed it. Uh, they, they Listen to those names. I just dropped into this mic. I'm not even looking at any kind <laughs> of, a, of a roster sheet. These things are burned into our memories. You know, I'm not that good with the, the tax implications and those kind of things, but other Warrior fans are. And the, the passion that we throw into learning 
about this team. I, I mean, I don't know other fan bases. I've come to hate most of them because I'm a homer, but I'd, I'd put our knowledge of the game up to I don't know, any other fan base out there, which leads to passion. Wes, that's the Bay. I mean, that, that's just mm-hmm. who we are. It's certainly true in the East Bay. I know more about that because I was born and raised, but I am positive that it is true for the full Bay Area. And you see that across the board. You saw it in positivity, right? Think we believe when we broke the sound meter. You see it in negativity. We've lost a little bit of this now, but the first couple of years, every time Chris Weber came close to touching the ball, we booed him like it was a scene from The Princess Bride, dude. And, you know, we, we see it even in random kindness. If somebody performs, if like the Frisbee catching dog comes on to the halftime show and drops a couple of Frisbees, the fans will suddenly care and support the dog. You know, so if I'm pulling out things that have impressed me about this fan base over, you know, 30 years, it's all of the things you'd want to see a fan base hit. We care about the team. We show that care every single time we get together and we know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, two things. I'm pretty sure that Frisbee catching dog has been my Twitter background for like the last two years. I know and my audience. Also, uh, Squirt of Success is a band name for sure. <laughs> You know, that one might have got away from me. I got a little passionate. I mean, like a Warrior fan, I, I got a little passionate on that full speech. And as I said the word squirt, some portion of my mind thought, ooh, that felt like a mistake. But I just kept going, Wes. I just rolled right along. So so thanks for pointing that out, man. I really appreciate it. Squirt's a tough word to it's use not, in context. I, I don't feel like it's ever successfully been deployed on a podcast. It, it certainly wasn't today. But again, thanks again for pointing it out. Not a successfully de- uh, deployed squirt, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I agree with everything that you said, obviously. And uh, um, the passion does stand out, especially when you say something or write something and people respond to you. But what's also, look, I think you're going to get a certain portion of every fan base that um, will just come at you for no reason at all. And with the, with the rage comments and rage Twitter and all that stuff. Um, I have been really surprised by some of the stuff when I write something or say something on a show and I'll get some replies saying, Hey, really enjoyed this. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten that. And that's not even a tooting my own horn. I think I've done fine stuff, but like, it's just really cool when you see that something resonates and people are engaged enough to let you know about it. Like, um, it's, have you just been sending yourself emails saying, good job, Wes. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Jokes, jokes aside. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Cause you are sure. in a, a kind of a important catbird seat. So for me, it's hell of easy to say things like, Oh, I've watched this fan base change. It's 30 years. Nothing doesn't change over 30 years. Right. You have been interacting with this fan base in a tighter window, but an important one. You got here when they were winning titles and you've stayed here as they're now sucking ass a little bit. Have you noticed like in, in your smaller window, do you notice changes in this, in this Warriors fan base? Yeah, but it's really hard um, to sort of pinpoint what exactly the reason is Uh, moving from one city to another, I think has changed things quite a bit. Um, And then just the, that Kevin Durant leaving and then Steph Curry being hurt for a year and then the rebuild. Like there's a lot of reasons 
for why the fan base has changed, but it, it has, it definitely has. Um, I just, I, I can't, I can't like emotionally, I guess, mentally is like escape the, the scenes that I would see at Oracle and the scenes that I would see at Chase Center and so much changed between those two scenes. Um, but I, like I said, the entire time, like, and look, it was interesting when you would be around this team when Kevin Durant and was around and Clay Thompson was healthy. And like the media would just be like, it would be like 50 people at a practice. It was just crazy to me. And then I would go on the road and there would be other pretty decent teams, like playoff teams that would get like half a dozen media members from the home, from, you know, the home market. And then like half a dozen Warriors beat writers just covering the team on, on the road in Denver or something like that. And, um, you know, good teams, right? And they wouldn't get nearly the draw that Golden State did. And then uh, and then eventually it just became so much less and less and going to these practices and these shoot-arounds and then at, at even these games, it, would just, it just felt like you were covering, the, the, you know, a Sacramento Kings or a San Antonio Spurs type of market because they were just, you know, they won 15 games two years ago and whatever. And then you started to see it pick up a little bit toward the end of last year, especially when Steph went on that run. I honestly think that'll get back to what it was. And I'm really optimistic that um, I don't know, like I will never sit here and say that the Warriors will get back to right where, right, right where they were during the dynasty. I don't, like you said, you can't expect that. That's an entitlement. You should never expect that. Could they win another championship? Absolutely. I'm just not expecting them to go four years in a row, five years in a row. But um, I do think that they're going to be back to being one of the, premier teams and one of the prestige teams in the league evidenced by you know what the nba thinks putting them on the christmas day schedule putting them on the opening night slate like all that stuff um i'm really optimistic for some really exciting couple of years for the warriors vegas agrees with you Um, yeah let me ask you one more follow-up what's the thing that you wrote or said that got the most hate sprayed back at you squirted back at you i should say like what what take was just ugly as shit and then you had to surf through some hate mail right so i've been generally and for the most part right the entire time but uh (laughs) i have no idea why anyone would ever have an issue with you wes you're so humble so humble um the humblest uh I, I think the James Wiseman stuff early on was probably the most where I got it. And then this last draft, I will say this. If I was going to go with another ugly, this last draft, last draft, Warriors fans got pretty ugly with their draft takes and stuff. And just like, if you liked, they liked one player. And if you liked a different player in a draft of like tens and tens and tens of players, you were just an idiot and had no idea what you're talking about. Like if you weren't all in on, Moses Moody at number seven, then you were just stupid and had no idea what you're talking about. And I just, I hated that. But um, yeah, like the Davion Mitchell stuff, people came at me on that. Um, Generally all of my draft stuff, like in my, in my future, I don't know that I will go. I love the NBA draft. And I will say from my experience covering the NBA draft on a major outlet for two years, I might not go as deep as I did just because people are so ugly about the entire thing. And I don't even know it's just Warriors fans. I think that's just people in general. I think that's all fans in general. Uh, well, you handled the hate fairly well. You know, I, I tend to read most of our hate mail directly to my mom while I sob. So, you know, it sounds like you handled it far more professionally, man. Nicely yeah. done. 
Well, that was just like some of the personal stuff was like you have a stupid voice or you don't know what you're talking about or like, uh, you know, just general stuff like that or. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah. to my defense, Wes, your voice is stupid. You know, I mean, I, I was right about that email. I, I, I stand by it. <laughs> Uh, but then at the same time, I would get emails like, hey, we listen to you on the way, like I'm dropping off my kids to school. And we listen to you every morning for our Warriors updates. It's like, all right, that's that like uh, just one email like that would will counter literally counteracts and erases in my mind all of that negative stuff. Like that stuff just doesn't matter because that's those people suck if they're going out of their way to like email you that crap and just like ruin your day. Like whatever, get out of here. But those people who actually take the time to tell you how you're impacting their day in a positive way that's that's all the reward that i think i need and i'm sure you've experienced too with warriors huddle like when you're a part of somebody's day there's no greater feeling than that to me so i both completely agree and then absolutely disagree completely mm. agree yes man those positive things mean the world to me they it does I, not erase they, the negative things they change you. everything worse than that worse than that the part i don't the part i do disagree with is not only does it not erase the memory of the nasty shit if i get 50 positive emails and one line of negativity I will read that line of negativity 50,000 times. And that's the only thing I can talk about. And if somebody asks me about it, like, oh, they hate the show, even though we have like all this other positive stuff. So I am very sick and need therapy, you know, but that doesn't change what you said. Yes, the positive ones mean the world. I just wish I couldn't, uh, I couldn't stop focusing on the negative. Um, I think that'll do it. I, I won't leave without getting some sort of conversation about, what we think this warrior season will look like. That's just around the corner. Um, you and I have not talked in three weeks. So it hasn't been that long considering that like nothing has happened for the warriors in that amount of time. But um, I know that as I removed myself, I went on a two week road trip as my listeners know, because I wasn't doing anything here for two weeks um, and they were wondering where I was, but um, I had a chance to kind of sit back and reflect on what I thought about the Western Conference and the NBA in general. And I kind of, like, I, I, I came to some new realizations, kind of settled into some certain takes. They know what that is. Where are you now, three weeks since we last have a conversation on what the Warriors look like this season and what you think about them? So I'm going to give you a little negativity to start, and then we can finish on optimism and positivity. Negativity. So last time you and I spoke, we talked about the possibility of them adding Darren Collison, and we kind of joked around with it. Um, right. And I, I didn't really have any larger takes on that. I do now because they had more news has come out that maybe they're going to work out Avery Bradley. What I don't like about this is the inference, if we think about it in the broader picture, is that maybe the Warriors aren't the free agency destination we'd like them to be. When we were all looking at the Paul Millsaps of the world, you know, and hoping that they could sign some veteran minimums and then, you know, Millsap and other people went other directions. My first take was, oh, luxury tax. You know, they just don't want to pay him. Um, it's a problem with Lake of checkbook. He doesn't want to come out of pocket. So maybe these veterans want to come, but the Warriors just don't want to sign the check. Well, if they're looking at other guys and they're going to cough up veteran minimums for other guys like Darren Collison or Avery Bradley or any of those dudes, well, then it's probably not the luxury tax. You know, oh. that means they probably did approach those other veterans and those other veterans said, ah, I'm good. So 
I, you know, am I super happy at the concept that the Warriors aren't the lone destination for free agents anymore? No. You know, am I shocked by it again? No, they've got to earn their way back up to that slot. But optimism. Let's Maybe another uh, squirt of success, Bram. Yeah, see, that's exactly right. Right when we thought we couldn't use squirt, Wes, we're just nailing it now, Matt. Last um, words. But, but optimism. And you and I talked about this on the huddle. Let's put it out here. Uh, so I, I do think that the Warriors are going to have a big year, but don't ask me, man. I've been rooting for this team for too long. I'm probably blinded by my homerism. But Vegas isn't, and Vegas has them as the number four team to win it all. So if the people who could lose millions of dollars are willing to put them up on that pedestal, then Wes, so am I. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't view them as a favorite, but I do view them as a contender. And given these last couple of years, that's a huge step mm -hmm. in the right direction. To hit it, they're going to need some lottery ticket to score. They're going to need Jordan Poole to be better than we thought or Wiseman to have developed more or Moody to be a larger contributor or Jonathan Kaminga to suddenly appear out of left field. Something has to happen that we can't be positive of, but there's enough lottery tickets to scratch where I think that we might be able to count on one of them. So, you know, I am, I am excited for this year. I can't fucking wait for it to start. And hopefully it'll kind of jumpstart the Chase Center era too. So, you know, good things to come, man. Um, but before I turn it to you, let me say something that I should have said right up front. So, I, you know, you and I are friends. We're also colleagues on the show, but I'm also a fan. I listen to this. I read your work. Wes, thank you. You're good at what you do. You have always been good at what you do. And losing you is a nasty break for all of us. So wherever it is that you land, I'm sure we'll follow you. But let me speak on behalf of Warrior fans. Thank you, man. Nicely done. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you letting me on the Warriors huddle to talk about whatever it is that we talk about on Warriors huddle. Yeah, so mostly bullshit. Times. And it's great. It is great. Um, I think that's a good spot to end it, uh, Bram. Appreciate you coming on the final episode of my Locked on Warriors. Uh, for, I've said it a hundred times the last week or so, but um, I'm going away. Locked on Warriors is not. You will be in good hands. And uh, Whatever happens to Locked on Warriors, I'm sure that's the case. But obviously, if you're not subscribed to Warriors Huddle already, you should be. Uh, so follow Bram there. And, and you know, maybe I'll make a sneak peek here and there on Warriors Huddle in the future, too. Not maybe. You'll be on. Last question. I'm the most loyal person on Earthwest, so I need a little uh, guidance from you. When we hang up here and a new host takes over, you tell me I'm never listening to another Locked on Warriors episode ever. I will ride with you. But if you tell me the host is pretty good and I should stick on board, I'll go that direction. What do you think? Final word. Am I still here? I think you'll stick around. Boom. Then I'm on board. There we go. Boom. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Bram, uh, Warriors Huddle, anything else that you want to plug? Nothing. My uh, my plug remains with, I guess, continue listening to Locked on Warriors. Um, and yeah, if you want to hear us, uh, our podcast is called The Warriors Huddle, and you can find it anywhere podcasts are played. Good stuff, man. Thanks for the chat. My pleasure. Good, good. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 